Shalom, Abrachor, Rabbi, the Mesech's Nedarim, Daf Memches, the final Daf of the fifth parak of Mesech's Nedarim. Today's Daf discusses using a third party, a Nasi, to get out of a Neder Hana, of using public property. Now we have a mission that discusses a faulty loophole, trying to get out of a Neder, but when he expresses his intentions, it'll ruin that loophole. And we have a case of someone who wants to give his grandson a Yerusha, if he becomes a Talmud Chacham, and he gives it to his son, who can't get enough from him, to give to his grandson. What's that over there? An interesting case. We begin with a mission that tells us, if someone puts a cherem on someone else, a cherem of uh, Betega Bayes, then the mudor is Asr. If he puts the cherem on himself, then the Neidur is Asr. If he makes the cherem on himself and the other guy, then they'll both be Asr. The Ramam says that when A puts the nether, the, the cherem on B, B is not allowed to violate it, but he won't be over on violating a nether because he didn't actually make the nether. The Mishnah further says that even when they're both also to get hana, they're both still mutter to get hana from things of oile bavel. We'll explain what that is. And they're also on anything that is property of the city. What's considered something of oile bavel? This public property, that is the Harabayas, the Azara, a water pit in the middle of the road that they were set up for the Olebavel, the things that are Dovashalosa ear, the city's property, that'll still be us around the two of them, that is the uh, the Rechava, which is like a market or a place where they would do Hespedim, the bathhouse, the shul, the, the, the teva, the, the, the bima where they kept the Svarim, and all the, all the Svarim of the shul, of the city. However, if they give over their chilek to the nasi, Rabbi Yehuda says, what Tanakhama says, that is a, that, that's the loophole. If they give over their chilek, but the Gemara is going to explain how and why this works, then they'll stop being all petty about the hana, then they could get hana even from the dvarim shalosayir. But Rabbi Yehuda says, even if they give it over to a non-nasi, to a hedyot, that'll be enough to allow them, and that's enough of a loophole to allow them to get hana from the city's property. Now, what would be the difference between giving it over to a Nasi or giving it over to a Hedyu, to a Stama guy in the city? Because when they give it over to the Nasi, the Nasi doesn't need to be Mezaka in it. He automatically gets it. Tzitzit explains that it's an ex- a special schus that we have. It's automatically his. But if they give it over to a Hedyu, the Hedyu actually has to be Mezaka in their property. He doesn't have that Koyach of the Nasi. The Chachamim disagree, and they say when they're giving it over to the Nasi or to the Hedjot, they both do need to be Mezaket. It's just that when they give it over to a Nasi, they're not going to be bickering because of the covet of the Nasi. There's a certain covet that they offer to him. Rabbi Huda says that in the Galil, the people living in the Galil, they don't need a right over their property to avoid their Nether Hana. Because their forefathers already took care of that. And the Gemara is going to explain that later. So now the Gemara asks, why would they still be usher to get enough from each other once they give it over to the Nasi? Rav Sheshis explains that really what a Mishnah is telling us, that the loophole for getting out of it, the way we explain the Mishnah, in order for them to get enough from the city's property, is to give their chilek of the city's property over to the Nasi. And then they could each get enough. Now Rav Yehuda told us about these Anshe Galil, in the Bracer of Yehuda had told us that the, the Galilites used to fight a lot with each other. They would bicker a lot. And they would often make nidarim 
against each other, not to get hanav from each other. So their others got up, and they all gave their chilek of the city's property to the Nasi, so that even when two people in the Galil did Asrana on each other, they're still allowed to get hanav from the city's property. It's already all under the Nasi's watch. In the next mission, the, the mission tells us if someone answers Hanah to his friend, but his friend has nothing to eat, so he's allowed to give, and he wants, you know, he wants to give his friend something, so he can give some food to a third party as a gift, and then the guy who's ushered to get Hanah from him can take it from the third party. However, there was a story in Beis Chorin that someone made a nedr that his father can't get any Hanah from him, and then so that's a Yankel says that his father can't get enough from him, and then Yankel is marrying off his son, and he wants his father to come to his son's wedding. So what he did was, Yankel told his friend, Shimon, I'm giving you the entire wedding, the wedding hall, the suda, all the food, it's all yours, so that my father can come and enjoy the suda with us. So Shimon says, oh really, if it's mine, then I want to make it all hectish. So Yankel says, dude, I didn't give it to you to be mekadeshit. <laughs> Shimon said, what? what? You gave it to me just so that your father can come and eat at your suda, even though he's also to get enough from you? I don't want to take that achrayas. The Chachamim said that that is the litmus test. If this is the type of matona, if A gives B something and B is not able to be mekadeshit, it's not his enough that he could just give it to the base of mikdash, that's not considered a full matona. That's not really a gift. It's not really giving it from A to B. The Gemara points out that it sounds like a Maisa Lister. You started telling me how you can get a loophole, how you can give somebody Hano even after making an edger on them, and then you say a story about when you can't. This guy did not actually successfully allow his father to eat from his Huda. So we add a little bit to the Mishnah, and we add that, yes, you can get a third party involved to give Hano to someone you made an edger on, but if you make it clear at the end that you were only trying to give it to the third party so that this guy will get Hanot from you, then it's Aser. And the base case proves that because he was only giving, Yankel only gave it to Shimon so that his father would come and eat. Now we have two ways that Rava explains this story. Rava first, in the first option, the first explanation Rava says that Yankel only gave it to Shimon that case was when Yankel gave it, gave the whole suda, the whole hall to Shimon, saying, this is all yours so that my father can come and eat. But if he gave it to Shimon and said, here, it's all yours, not for the purpose of my father coming, but my father is going to be coming. That would be okay. The only issue in the first understanding of Rava is that he actually told him explicitly that this party is yours as a means of having my father come and join. The second interpretation that Rava offers, Alishna is more chomer, that if the guy told him, it's all yours and my father's coming, that would still not be mutter and the father still cannot partake in that. Even when he gave over the Suda, he just mentions, by the way, my father's coming, that'll still be Asr, because the Suda proves that he's only giving this matana to Shimon so that his father will be able to get Hana from him. In the second option of Rava, we take the appearances. What does it look like, this matana? What does this matana look like? We do take that into account. Now, the next case the Gemara brings in, there's an, there's an individual 
who had this son who was stealing uh, cotton and jewelry and whatnot. And he answered his son from getting any hana from him. Right? So A answered his son B from getting any hana from him. But then the Chachamim went over to A and said, look, maybe B is going to have a son who's a real Talmud Chacham. And then if you answer B, then C won't be able to get hana from you either. So A said, you know what I want to do? I'm going to give the hana, I'm going to give my Yerusha, my property, the hana to my son B, but only to give to his son C if his son turns out to be a Talmud Chacham. But B can't get any hana. He's just holding on to it in case his son is a Talmud Chacham, in which case he'll pass it on. What's Allah over there? So it's a machalikas. In Pumpadisa, they, they pask it. There's no way that works because the only way that B was coined at this from his father was just to pass it on to C. Any Kenyan, Almanas Lahaknois, that's not a Kenyan. It's not B's to give to C. Halachically, it doesn't work. Rabbi Nachman disagrees. He says that it is a good Kenyan for C, just like any case of a Kenyan Sudar. Kenyan Sudar is that A gives B a handkerchief and B, by taking the handkerchief, sells the property to A or the karka to A, whatever it is. It's not about the handkerchief. It's about being coined as something. So to here, it's not about giving the property to B. It's about giving the property to his grandson, the Tamachacham C. Ravashi says, what are you talking about, Rabbi Nachman? When A gives B a handkerchief, he can hang on to that handkerchief forever. It's mamish his. Yeah, truth is, usually the chassan gives the pen back to the Masada Kedushan, but he doesn't have to. He's mamish being it. But over here, B can't touch the property until his son is a tamachacham, and he could just pass it on. He's just a pipeline. He can't get any enough from it. Secondly, furthermore, by Kenyan Sudar, it's immediately kind of. A gives the handkerchief to B, and the property goes immediately from B to A. But in our case, with the son and the grandson, A is giving B the, the hano, the inheritance, but it doesn't automatically go to C. There's no immediate transaction. Now it's on pause to see if B will have a son who's a tamachacham. You can't learn from Sudur to this case. It's, there's no immediate transaction. So first of all, it's not a full transaction. The sudar is a full transaction. It's mamish his handkerchief. And secondly, by a sudar, it's an immediate counter transference. It's a counter sale. Over here, B is just holding on to it and waiting to see what his son turns out to be. The rabbi tells of Nachman, by the base Chorin case, when Yankel gave it to Shimon for his father to come to the Chasana, Yankel's only giving the chasna to Shimon to be able to be maknaed over to his father. And over there, you see, it didn't work. So to hear, A can't give it to his son B to give it to C. So the two, two answers that Rabbi Nachman had. Sometimes he would answer that the only reason why this, the wedding gifting from Yankel to Shimon didn't work is because the Suda itself proves from his father sitting there and eating here the appearances Prove that he only gave it to Shimon so that his father will get her. No, it's not a full matano. Sometimes he would, he would answer. Rabbi Nachman defended his psaq that A can give it to B to give to C, his future Tamachacham grandson. That that's Rabbi Eliezer Shita that we have a special chumrah by Nadarim that even Vitor is usher. Even the tiny little things that people throw in, even that's usher. When someone makes an Isahana on his friend. Since we're extremely vigilant, the wedding is not going to pass from Yankel to Shimon for his father. It's a special chumr by Nadarim. Now we have a Mishnah that tells us 
we learned that the Chachamim said that any gift that the guy who you give it to can't just be makdish isn't a full gift. Now, why do they say kol matona, any gift? What's that including? That's including our case of A, giving it to B just to give it over to C. Mashma that it shouldn't work because B can't be Mekadesh, his father's Yerusha. He's only holding on to it to give it to his son who becomes a Tamachacham. Bezra Hashem. The Gemara says, no, that's not why the Chachamim said the Lashon of Kol. That's not the case that they were including. They were including the last case of Rava by Yankel giving the wedding over to Shimon to help his father, to, to, to be able to invite his father to the wedding. Where he just mentions his father coming to the wedding. Even that's going to be us, sir. That's not a real matono. But Ben Achman sticks to his guns, that A can still tell B, if your son is a Tamachacham, then he can get a Yerusha, and B will be coined for his future son. Hadrin Allah HaShutfin, which began with the Mishnah this, that told us to Machlick, it's the Chachamim and Revelez Ben Yaakov, where we say Breira when two Shutfin make a neder on each other's chotzer. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.